All right, y'all. I'm going to pontificate. Okay, so yeah, my name is Jesse. Uh, I work here. Quiet, you. Are you my heckler tonight? Take on it. Well, now you're you're a good one. I'll take you. If you you can be my appointed heckler, okay, Aaron. All right. Sweet. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This sermon's kind of is. I was pretty psyched for this sermon. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be. This one's gonna be fun. This one's gonna be awesome. But then two days ago, like, I don't know what. It, I don't know if I just got sick of working on it or something. But I was like, and I'm over it. I don't know what's going on, but. Uh, Regardless, I need to pray <laughs> because uh, it, it might be really lame or stupid or just a big fat lie if I, if I don't talk to God first. So if you guys want to pray for me, uh, with me, and for me if you think about it. God, thanks for this day. It's nice to have weather that we don't have to manage, that we don't have to cope with. That was pretty awesome. Thank you. Um, thanks now for this time that we got uh, to be together, to be family. Um, to eat together, laugh about stuff, and hopefully get a little bit smarter, um, and say thanks. Say thank you for all the things that you've done in our lives because they're good. They're good things. Um, right now, uh, yeah, I need help. Uh, I don't know where my heart went in this, but yeah, make up for what I don't got. Um, if I say anything wrong, just kind of erase that out of everybody's heads. Yeah, make us smarter, not dumber. Um, we love you a lot, and let uh, let this be a good time together, and hopefully pleasing to you. Amen. All right, so we've been in Philippians, and I think we'll be in Philippians a long time from now. Blistering pace of, what, two verses a Sunday. Um, so a little bit of overview uh, or the thing that I, I guess I want to sort of recap you guys on or remind you guys of is that uh, Scum and uh, the church at Philippi have a lot of similarities. There's a lot of, of stuff that's, that's, that's close, comparable between us. Um, they've, uh, their context is, is very similar. It's, they've been around, they're in uh, very proud cities, very proud communities. Um, Philippi was a Roman, uh, or a Roman city. And so everybody, all the Philippians were like, yes, we are Romans. And they were psyched on that. And they like, like flaunted those rights. And they had this, you know, delusion of sophistication. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't delusional. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's similar to America. You know, we're definitely kind of high minded and think a lot of ourselves, um, and uh, we like living in America, generally speaking. Um, and I think it's even more so in Denver. Denver's one of those places because, you know, I mean, how many, how many people grew up in a town that they never want to go back to? <laughs> Me! <laughs> I'm psyched on Denver. There's not too many people trying to get out of Denver. It's, you know, growing in population and things like that. Um, I mean, how many songs have we heard like, oh, I'm trying to get out of this town. I hate this town. This scene sucks, whatever. But, no, nah, people like Denver. So we're kind of like we're we're in a similar context to the to the Philippian church in that way. Um, our age is similar. Uh, when when Paul writes this letter, they're about ten years old. By now, 
Well, you know, that was centuries and centuries and, well, frankly, a couple millennium ago, millennia ago. So now they're older. <laughs> but at the time, when this, when this letter was written, they were about 10 years old, and Scum was about 10 years old. So same kind of uh, history so far. Um, and it's a good history. Um, the, the letter that Paul writes to the Philippians is one of the least, you know, get it together sort of letters. I mean, it's, it's like, you guys got some stuff. You guys have figured some things out. Right on. Keep going. And, you know, I'm not going to claim perfection on scum or anything, but we've got, we've done some okay stuff, right? It's a good history. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll claim that as, as, as a similarity. Um, but yeah, and this might be a little bit of conjecture, but I, I think you can sort of see it in reading in between Paul's lines. I think there's some, some disenchantment creeping in. I, and I see that at scum and I kind of see that in some of the things that, that Paul addresses. See, we've, we've done 10 years of stuff and it's been cool. It's been a cool ride. And like, man, this church is awesome. Like finally a place where I can totally be me. And this is my family. We're psyched. But the the honeymoon's kind of over. And you're like, man, we did some good stuff, and I'm tired. <laughs> Dude, let's take a rest. And then we 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 sit down and take a rest, and you're like, oh, man, there's some problems here. <laughs> we've just been going and we've been going. Yeah, this is awesome. And then we stop and sort of take a look around and look behind us, like, oh my gosh, look at that trail of destruction we've left behind us. <laughs> Maybe that's overstating it a little bit. But, uh, yeah. The newness is waning, and some of the awareness of our of things to work on is waxing. Like, hmm, what's going on here? Because at Scum, I think we're um, prone, prone to cynicism. Just us in general. And I mean... Prone might not be the best word, because prone means you're susceptible to, like, one bad thing in particular. And I wouldn't say that that cynicism is inherently bad. Don't hear me say that. Because asking questions is good. We ask questions. I mean, that's part of, that's part of our uh, mission statement. Asking questions. We strive to be a church that asks questions while seeking the truth. And it's my favorite part. It's my, it's my favorite part of the mission statement. And it's just kind of a nice way of saying we're cynical. <laughs> um, questions are good. Questions lead to understanding. I've got, I have four kids. <laughs> and um, uh, my, my, my oldest little man, Pocket, he's, he's, he's almost five. And, and Viva, my oldest daughter, She's six, and they're voracious question askers. You know, it's so cliche. You know, walking around the house with two cute little kids following you around saying, why, and what's that, after every single thing you say. <laughs> you know, kind of cute for a little while. <laughs> but it is good. It is so good that they're asking questions. And so I'm trying, I'm really trying to be cool and, like, not eventually get to the, just because. <laughs> Because it makes them better. Whether you're five or 26, like, asking questions leads to understanding. And understanding leads to, the, to seeing causality in things. 
which leads to reason and logic, which leads to foresight, which leads to better decisions. So stay curious, my friends. Questions, good. And pulling that a little bit further, questioning authority, good. If we're looking for truth, if we're looking to get somewhere. See, often I think, I think that's where uh, scum gets to a dead end and, and punk rockism gets, gets to a dead end. We just like to buck authority just to buck authority, just to be little brats. And that's ridiculous. That's fruitless. That gets nowhere. We want to improve the world. We're trying to get something done. We're trying to find truth and then love people with it. So, okay, so we're not prone to cynicism. We just are cynical, and that's fine. I think it's good. Um, But I think our cynicism makes us prone to hopelessness, and that's not as good. That's, in fact, bad. Hopelessness, I mean, to be, like, complaining about this and bitching about that and and not not offering any solutions, not doing anything with it, that makes us, like, Armchair activists, and that sucks. <laughs> Christians in our ivory tower. Gross. That's just not, that's, that's disgusting. That's everything that we hate. That sort of impotence. Now, I got more about that later. Because um, this is a sermon. This is a sermon, right? I'm supposed to do Bible stuff in this, right? Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's get to the passage. All that stuff, and I haven't got to the passage yet. Um, so, here it is. I'm starting with uh, Leah's passage uh, that she did last week, um, chapter 2, verse 12 through 16. Um, yeah. Uh, Leah laid down some uh, foundation for me, uh, stuff to spring off of. But, uh, yeah, read it with me here. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, and now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with Fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. So that in the day of Christ, I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. So, yeah, Leah Leah had 12 and 13. I think I hate hate this stand. I'm going to hold it. Uh, And she was talking about wanting to want. Wanting to want the life that God has given us. Because, I mean, you know, we, we... we sign up for this Christian thing, and you're like, and did not all of us, once we totally sign on and figure out what we'd signed on to, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. You're like, oh, 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 wait, was that in the fine print or what? <laughs> and so we have this struggle with guys like, okay, God, I love you, and you do some crazy stuff that I really like. But man, that's a, you're wanting a lot. You're wanting all my life. So yeah, we. I mean, we. 
we get the salvation, but then we have to work it out. We have to, I mean, Leah was talking about wanting to want it. It's like, okay, God, I think I want to want it. I don't think I want it yet, but I think I want to get there. Um, and so, yeah, there's this discussion that we have with God and his invitation to the, to the life that he's given us. But um, let me let me start out with a thing that happened this this last week. Um, I'm, I like hanging out with John Hyde. Does anybody else like hanging out with John Hyde? Yeah, right. You should. Um, John's a good guy. I mean, like the best definition of good guy. Um, we hang out, have some coffee, and uh, talk about stuff. Uh, the past six, nine months, something like that, uh, it's been kind of cynical. Been a little bit down on stuff. I don't think it was conscious or anything, but we were kind of dragging each other down. Right? I mean, it was like, what's up with this? And I don't know about where those guys are going and why was that decision made and things like that. I mean, we outright said it one day. It's like, I think we're just in grumpy old man mode. <laughs> we were just. I mean, we weren't trying, but we were just commiserating and depressing each other. Taking each other down instead of bringing each other up. But just this Tuesday, I got together with John, and that was light. It was awesome. I mean, I don't want to make John sound like my girlfriend or anything, but, like, he was the star in my sky. It was so good. He was he was just so psyched and optimistic. I mean, he was loving his new wife, and they'd just taken care of some stuff, and he was like, oh, I don't care about this or that. Like, everybody's complaining about this. I'm not worrying about this. This is all the things that we might do. He was just looking forward and psyched about what the things were going to happen, one of which being this camouflage pickup truck that he was about to get. And it's pretty sick. <laughs> I got psyched on that too. But how did he get there? How did it lose? We hadn't hung out in a couple of weeks, but just this corner he turned. And what happened? Well, he and Kim just buckled down and did some stuff. They took care of stuff that were getting in their way. They took care of debt that was holding them down. They started ignoring all of the mistreatment and unfairness they were experiencing at work or at scum or whatever. And they just started thinking about what they could do. Like Leah said, John and Kimberly, they wanted to want God's life. They started going after it. They stopped bitching about the holes in the boat. And they said, where are the oars? Let's get somewhere. After we hung out, I I was in a much lighter mood. I was in a I can get stuff done mood. I was in an optimistic mood. And this was all before nine AM. And I'm never in those moods before nine AM. I'm not in any moods before nine AM. I'm not capable of moods before nine AM. My kids wake me up at eight and it's just like uh, <laughs> food. <laughs> about all I got. <laughs> not going to start before 9 a.m., but they're not going to get emotional relationship out of me. <laughs> but it was good. I couldn't believe it. 
he stopped complaining about what had happened. He started envisioning and picturing and making moves at what could happen. He started verse 14 Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Anybody here, um, is anybody here like against me, that band? That believe Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, musically, I think they're awesome. I, I, I'm pretty into, into, the, into that band. And normally I don't care, care when a band sells out. But there's, they, they got some weird stuff because they were so hardcore about not selling out, like anti-commercialism and anti-capitalism. And then they made some pretty profitable decisions there. And I was like, wait a minute. And the, that hypocrisy just kind of screwed with my head. But I don't know. Anyway, I don't know the whole story, so I'm not going to totally condemn them. But regardless, they say some good stuff. They've got some good things. Um, and we do have the music queued up. Do you guys want to listen to the song that I'm that I'm that I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's listen to it. And, that, and it's it's got this like kind of bootstrappy like we can do stuff. So so Dave, yeah, you want to start that? And uh, Ben, you want to put the lyrics out? Can't control the content, the presentation. 
knows that song. Um, I feel like I need to make a disclaimer for them. Their guitar work is normally a lot better than that song. It's a really basic solo on there, and, and it, like their older stuff, they had the older stuff. Ironically, they had, had better guitar stuff. Anyway, this, this, is, this is like the title track off their most commercially successful album. And yeah, I mean, we can be the bands we want to hear. We can find our own generation. We can eclipse all that came before us. So it's like, yes, it's, it's this expanded form of that, that quote, we can be the change that we want to see. We can apply that to so many things. Brothers and sisters, right, what I'm talking about right now is we can be the church that we want to go to. We don't get it served up. We don't demand that. What you want in a church, just be that. Make it happen. I'll just keep throwing quotes out here, and you guys can can uh, grab the one you like best and uh, hold on to it. Um, so so here's, a, here's another quote. It's also punk rock. It's by Henry Rollins. Um, so if you hate your parents, the man or the establishment, don't show them up by getting wasted and wrapping your car around a tree. If you really want to rebel against your parents, outlearn them, outlive them, and know more than they do. Yeah, this is, there's a lot of things I disagree with Henry Rollins about, but, I mean, there's, he's got some, he's got some really intelligent things to say. He's definitely, he's a thug for sure, but he's a smart thug of the thugs I know, you know? I mean, Black Flag was pretty cool, right? Anyways, see, there's so much of the this uh, the, this punk rockism and like the Sex Pistols and this and uh, like Pennywise. It's just this nihilistic like rebelling just to be a rebel. It's just why? I mean, that's I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's fun, but like no, like let's be more benevolent than that. I was God blessed me, and I wasn't a total Christian yet, but I just was blessed to be in a punk scene when I grew up that. That was into making the world better. I mean, instead of, you know, showing the man by wrapping our cars around trees. <laughs> That's, I mean, but even even the best of the punk rock that, stuff that I experienced was just, just the complaining and bitching stuff. It was like, this is what's wrong with the world. Everybody needs to know what's wrong with this world. And it's kind of stopped at that. But some of us moved on. Some of us moved into kind of activism and like, let's, let's figure out what to do. And ironically, kind of after we all went our separate ways, we found out a bunch of us became Christians. Jesus does that best. Jesus makes the world better best. This is getting at, 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 at verse 15. Um, yeah. So that you'll prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above reproach in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. In the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. It's screwed up out there, right? We can all sort of agree on that. I mean, is that that, that bumper, bumper sticker? Um, if you're not appalled, you're not paying attention. It's, it's so true. I mean, it's like, ooh. You just walk around downtown, you walk around a mall, you watch TV. Oh, my gosh. Whenever I watch, I mean, 
kind of the only TV I ever really watch is the Broncos games. And just the commercials are enough to be like, ah! <laughs> yuck, <laughs> gross. But the, the like nihilistic, like rebellious punk rockism of just like fighting back. I mean, fighting perversity by being perverse. Oh, that's just brilliant. I mean, <laughs> where's that going to get? That's ridiculous. It's pointless. It's fruitless. We rebel. We win. We make the world better by loving, by being awesome, by being rad, by outlearning and outliving, like Roland said. We don't fight the incorrectness in this world. We increase the correctness occurring in this world. We have more conversations like me and John had. We love each other. We take care of each other. We listen to each other. Make each other feel cool. Because we're not cool, remember? Last sermon. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, and I'm going to bring up uh, Galatians 5 again, this fruit of the Spirit. I brought that up in my last sermon. Then Leah brought it up last week, and I'm bringing it up now. Um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Goodness, as generic as it is in, this, in that list, like it's probably my favorite. Goodness, being good. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's correctness. That is going to fight back. And then what does it say after that? Oh, it is there a slide? Well, that's not a slide. It's not that slide either. <laughs> ben, you're screwing it up. No, just kidding. <laughs> after that, it says, against these things, there is no law. There's no law against the fruit of the Spirit. See, like, it's just so often we're like, well, I can't be cool because my boss won't let me be cool. Or scum doesn't let me do this, or or the cops don't let me do this. Whatever. There's no law against being fruity. <laughs> I guess it depends on your definition of fruity and what state you live in. But you know what I mean, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> And this isn't multiple choice, this, this fruit of the Spirit stuff. It's, it's, you get it all. If you're part of God's family, you got all of that fruit. It's in you. The Holy Spirit is in you, and therefore that fruit is in you. You're jam-packed with fruit. Verse 13 of Philippians, it is God who is at work in you. This stuff is coming out of you via God, the Holy Spirit doing stuff first. Inspiring you to goodness and faithfulness and peace. So yeah, we had a little bit of a spoiler there, but uh, yeah, we're supposed to be a bunch of fruitcakes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Does anybody like fruitcake? Really? Okay, okay. 
I hate it. It's so disgusting. But like, I don't want to marginalize anybody here by, by, by saying you like it. But like, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. Show the, the slide before. Who would take this? Oh, beautiful cherries. I love cherries. Who would take those and turn them into that? Really? Oh, gross. I mean, they like soak them in booze <laughs> and, then, and then put this crust around them. I mean, oh. It depends. I don't know. Maybe if Christy made fruitcake for me, I'd be okay with bacon. I mean, I've had fruitcake. It's not, it doesn't hurt to eat. It's not painful. But I wouldn't call it appetizing. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's like, yeah, frosting makes everything better. That's true. Um, but it's like, like, it's like I said before, the proverbial Christians in their ivory towers. You know, as Christians, we claim we've got this awesome stuff. We've got Jesus. Oh, we got Jesus, and he's rad. He's awesome. And the Holy Spirit, he does cool stuff, too. But we get in their way. We put this crust around the Holy Ghost, protecting the world from their fruity goodness. How do we do that, you ask? Well, grumbling and arguing. Pitching about stuff, arguing about stuff, bickering about dumb things. It looks terrible. I mean, my own personal, and this is personal, personal view of Christians I mean, it's these people trying to figure out what not to do and trying to find stuff to prevent other people from doing. And this is, this is a social view. This is not a theological view. And it's North American. I mean, uh, while I'm at the disclaimers. But we, I just think of, a, think of Christians as people trying not to do stuff instead of trying to do stuff. We're so afraid of like getting stuff wrong that we won't, we won't do anything. There's become nasty fruitcake. Complain about Republicans. We complain about Democrats. Complain about our boss or school or how little attention we get. Complain about or argue about what Scum's Yelp review should be like. That was a hot debate, I'm embarrassed to say. Lame, who the hell cares about Yelp? I didn't even know what Yelp was until somebody said, oh, we got a bad review on Yelp. I don't care. Why the hell are churches getting reviews on the, anyway, whatever. <laughs> like I said, we're bitching about the holes in the boat instead of rowing. What do we do? How do we get somewhere? Well, getting the stale crust off the fruitcake. Let's go to uh, verse 16. Holding fast the word of life. Or holding forth the word of life. Um, some variants of what that word, the F word, in that sentence can be. Fast or forth. 
not the other one. For crap's sake, I I'm, think I'm doing, no, maybe I've said some bad stuff in this sermon. Sorry. Anyways, holding forth the word of life. We start, we start with the Bible. I mean, do we, are, we don't read the Bible at Scum very much. Honestly, I mean, we had, we had the sermon thing, and it took me a while to get to it tonight, but I got there, right? I mean, we have small groups, but not all of them are Bible studies, and how, how many of us really actually read the letter that God gave to us all the time and do what it says? We've got to work on that. And, and actually, I've got a thing right now that you guys can do. There's a sign-up back there. We're going to do a big, like, church-wide Bible study. And we're going to try to start doing this, like, once a month. And you can sign up back there. And it's, what, two weeks? Two weeks from tomorrow night, the 7th. Child care provided. But, like, hang out with the morning church, hang out with the evening church, and all do scripture study together. Huge room. We'll be in this room. Maybe we'll do Galatians 5 since it's come up so much. But my wife is leading it. And... I don't know. I mean, she rules at leading Bible study. I mean, you're like, you just taught me that. And I said it. I said it, but you just taught me that. But I said it because you got me there. And I don't know. My, my, my wife makes me think I'm smart when I do Bible study. And she'll make you feel smart, too. You want to do this. So sign up back there. It's two weeks from tomorrow. You guys got plenty of time. And hopefully doing this like once a month because it's fun to do to do it with a huge group, a huge room of people. Oh, pissed off baby. Yeah. Child care provided. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Bible makes you smart. Getting crust off of fruitcake. We do it by being above reproach. By being blameless. Can you imagine what it would be like to be blameless? Even if you try really hard and you got, what is it, like, let's be optimistic and say 50% there, that would be pretty sweet. Wouldn't it? I mean, just to be that cool at work or that cool in your community or that cool in your apartment with your roommates. You know, everybody's like, ah, well, he's just awesome, and we can't really complain about him. Wouldn't that be rad? That'd be okay. That'd be rad. And it would make Jesus look sweet. And it would be fun to be that cool. We also do this by just doing what we've done already. My, the verse 14, 14 through 16, it starts out with do all things without grumbling or disputing. Do all things. That means like do something. And we've done some stuff. We fix people's bikes and we feed people that are hungry. And we fix people's apartments and we hang out together, make each other feel cool and listen and hang out. Keep doing that stuff and just bitch about it a little bit less. <laughs> It's good. I like life with you guys. We watched this stupid movie on Friday night. And it was so stupid. And it was so hilarious. It was fun. We had terrible food. That tasted really good, but yeah. I think I cut off about, I don't know, a week or two off of my life with the food that we ate that night. 
We would just be together and love each other. That is blameless. That's, that's a brother approach. We make each other feel good, and we make people who don't feel good feel good. I want you guys to ask, I mean, what can I do? How can I be fruity in this situation? How can I make this situation better? Whatever you're looking at. What? Yeah, what's the fruitiest thing I could do right now? That's right, I've made a sled for that. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, whether you're filling out the slip at a restaurant trying to figure out the tip, or whether you're in traffic, or <laughs> looking at the dishes in your apartment. What's the prettiest thing I could do right now? I'm hoping that this translates into something. I want you guys to enjoy this boat called scum. Sorry about the holes. It's got holes. It's always going to have holes. There might be different holes than other churches, but we got them. Don't think scum is perfect. But let's row. Let's get somewhere. Let's have some fun. Love people. Let's be fruity. Thanks, friends.